Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and we meet Dr. Julie Gatza, one of the nation's top chiropractic physicians who has a passion for holistic health. If Dr. Julie wasn't a chiropractor, she would be a great educator, but actually she is both. In her passion to guide her patients and us to a place of good health, she does so by providing good information on how to eat well and thus take great care of our bodies. So we're getting a crash course, and it can be the beginning of continued good learning about building and maintaining great health. Dr. Julie Gatza, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning, Kate. Nice to hear your voice. (laughs) Well, it's great to hear yours because it means we're going to be getting a lot of great information at absolutely the right time because as we get into late spring and into summer and we think about barbecuing season, we're thinking about these foods that we have great anticipation for, but we forget that sometimes we don't feel so great after we've had this this huge kind of binge, I guess. Right, Dr. Julie? Well, it's true. And, you know, anytime there's food involved, the one thing that always gets overlooked in our culture because we haven't really been taught it at any level is digestion has to work properly for you to break down that food. And the only reason for eating food in the first place is to get the nutrition so that you can have a healthy body. You can't lay in a bathtub of vitamins and expect to get nutrients in. You have to be able to break down your food. And most people aren't making enough enzymes to break down the normal food. Then they put a barbecue or a party or a holiday on top of it. And now they're suffering more than normal and Suffering at all digestively means something is abnormal. So you're saying that we don't have sufficient enzymes normally in our body to digest what we're eating? I would say over 90% of us do not. And I've been doctoring for 31 years. And my major focus after a couple of years of practicing was to focus on everyone's digestion. And I didn't care what they had that they were coming in complaining about. When we got their digestion more efficient and working properly, everything that they were complaining about started to really stabilize and make big differences despite whom they had seen to try to correct it before. So I think this is an important focus. And just so people get a sense of the overview, we'll talk about this, but also see that there's kind of a method, an approach to how we eat at these kind of celebrations or just, you know, creating a barbecue for ourselves in our own backyard, how we go about this. But getting it established as to making sure our bodies are producing exactly what we need, how do we make that happen? So I always look at eating as strategic and if you, you know, not every meal you can do this, but if you have this first purpose in mind, you can generally eat a meal that is easier to digest and will benefit you greatly. So the first thing is head for the protein. So if you're at a barbecue or any holiday, head straight over to the grill, eat the fish, the chicken, the steak, the pork chops, whatever it is that's on the grill cooking, you want that first because protein is the most essential food that you need to put into the body. And then on top of that, it's the hardest one to break down. So at a cellular level, your body truly needs this protein and it needs to not compete with a lot of other foods so that you can get the most from each one of those protein meals. So 
eat the protein first, kind of break this down. I think we're just notorious for piling everything onto a plate and eating a bite of this and a bite of that. And it just is all messed up, right? Yes. And, you know, we are. I mean, I do it too. But, you know, I know when I'm later, not feeling so great, you know, what the heck I did. But the fact is, if you do eat your protein first, and especially at something like a family gathering or family gathering at a barbecue, you do have the time. The day is set up to be eating. So, you know, take some time, take 10, 15 minutes, then head over and, you know, have some vegetables. You know, you can have a salad, you can have, you know, any of the fresh vegetables, whatever it is that you want. Wait also a little bit after that, and then you can have the carbohydrates, the macaroni and cheese, maybe the pasta salad, the bread, and then you know, as far as dessert goes, everyone's always concerned, you know, will there be enough for you? Well, walk over to the dessert table at the beginning of the party, put a napkin over a piece of pie and put it aside. Nobody's going to touch that. And uh, then you can eat it at your leisure. But when we put everything in at the same time, it really just, it overwhelms your system and your body says, wow, we'll do the best we can. But I assure you with this quantity of food all coming in at the same time, there isn't much nutrition gotten from it. So what's not gotten is now fermenting and rotting in the gut, which is why we're gassy and we're bloated and we have indigestion and heartburn and stomach aches and constipated later and we don't feel good. And it's simply because we have all this undigested food in our bellies. There is a part of that that is really fascinating. I mean, it's horrible because we're bloated and we feel bad, but the way that you describe it, makes so much sense that we need to change our approach. I mean, couldn't we be a real hero or heroine at a party, at a barbecue this summer and space it out this way and teach people how to eat properly? I mean, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I've been teaching people one-on-one as a doctor for all these years, and it's such a pleasure for me to know that I'm on the radio and at least talking to more than one person at a time And hopefully they go, oh, wow, that does make sense. And, you know, it's just little tips. They cost you nothing, just a little bit of effort. And, you know, it really can help out your system. And, you know, there's just so many ads for all your symptoms as far as medications go. You know, you can take so many different things for gas, bloating, and indigestion, heartburn, and things for the rest of your life that you've been told that you're supposed to have. And if you actually get to the bottom of what's happening digestively, you can avoid going on any of that or you know, having to use it at all. I've been giving a high-quality digestive enzyme to my patients since the day I began practicing, and I use one called Absorbate. It's an all-vegan formula, but it helps to break down the proteins, the fats, the carbohydrates. It even has the ability to break down dairy products because we don't make enzymes to break down dairy, which is why so many people have a lactose problem, and it's because we don't make lactase, which is the enzyme to break down dairy. So knowing this, I become a bit of a heroine at my parties because I put out a bowl of this absorbate, these digestive enzymes, and encourage people, listen, you know what, take some enzymes, eat the meat, do this, you know, have vegetables later, and, you know, maybe sometimes bring it out in servings like that so that they are actually, you know, kind of forced to have to eat protein first and then the vegetables next and the carbohydrates third. But, you know, we do this all the time that people are now so used to it. They're like, oh, you have those enzymes. I love these enzymes. So... You know, it's fun to have solutions because it's just simple, natural solutions. So first of all, we have to think in terms of eating our foods singularly and spacing them. And where in the process do we use an enzyme? 
you can use it in the beginning, you can use it in the middle, you can use it after it's done and you feel lousy and you forgot. My husband (laughs) had one of these situations and was complaining of acid reflux and he never has that. And I said, well, let me give you some Absorbate. And 15 minutes later, he went, are you serious? And I was like, what? And he goes, I can't believe I feel 100% better. And I start laughing. And I'm like, you sound like our patient. I said, uh, we've been doing this for years, and they can't believe it actually works. So I was laughing at the fact that he was so surprised. But the cool thing about these enzymes are you can take them on an empty stomach, let's say, before you go to bed at night. And enzymes also have the ability to break down inflammation in your body. So if you have achy joints and maybe your ankles are sore, your knees or your back are sore, you're, you know, puffy, it helps to break down inflammation. It breaks down toxins. It breaks down bacteria. It also breaks down viruses. So you can't go wrong taking enzymes. People give them to their dogs. People give them to their kids, their elderly. They take them themselves. And, you know, I laugh because I've talked to people and I'm like, are you taking enzymes? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, how many? And they're like, one a day. And I'm like, all right, well. You probably need more than one a day to help you break down your foods, and you do need to take it with a meal if that's the intention is to help you digest better. So that is your prescription. Take an enzyme with each meal. Even when we would be spacing our foods, if we would discipline ourselves to eat in this way, it still is good to have an enzyme that we take at any time, before or after or during. Well, think about it this way. You know, our technology is, is advanced so far. You know, our microwaves and fast foods and how we create our foods and things in plastic and cans and whichever and frozen this and our soil is different and our seeds aren't the same. So our bodies haven't changed in two to 3,000 years, but everything else has. So somehow we've been duped into believing that it's okay to eat weird food and have a lot of different strange coffee drinks and pops and sodas and juices and things for our children. And it's not okay. So because of this, our food sources is less. Our preparation of the food is not how, um, you know, they did it on the farm and had healthy bodies. And so we're really behind the eight ball, which is why people don't feel good. It's why all these Americans are so chubbed up and we have circles under eyes and we don't have the energy and we're all a little puffed out and, You know, our food source is really pretty junky, and uh, we need to somehow fight that without, you know, becoming farmers ourselves. So that's where I always suggest enzymes. A multivitamin is lovely and wonderful, but I think even better to be able to break down the meal that you have in front of you. And make as much of what you have ingested work for you rather than than taking the multivitamin. Exactly. Right. I believe I, yes, I saw it in some of the notes about garnishes that some cultures will use peppers or lemons in their cooking so that that helps with the digestion too. Yes, and these are old, you know, sort of old school, old time tricks that um, each one of these ethnicities did. You've got the ginger in Japanese, you've got um, pineapple that is used a lot with um, ham and meats and things like that because pineapple breaks down protein. You've got parsley that also aids in digestion. Hot peppers increase circulation. Please don't eat too many hot peppers. Lemon as well. Sauerkraut with the Germans. Anything fermented like that is so beneficial to digestion. And these cultures knew this, so they knew if they're going to, you know, 
serve a big thing of wiener schnitzel and sauerbraten and whatever it may be, the sauerkraut went along with it so that they could digest those meats properly. Ah. Oh, and the other one, which I keep hearing pop up more regularly, is turmeric. Oh, yes. Turmeric in the Indian food. It's wonderful. It helps with inflammation as well. So, you know, you've got all these little secret things that are kind of lost with grandma's recipes and grandma's way of cooking. And unfortunately, if the grandmother is still around, she's already bought into usually what's happening now, which is it's okay to eat a lot of fast foods and easy dinners and microwave foods and You know, the thought of soaking beans and soaking oats and things like that the night before you prepare them, which is the proper way to do it so you get the most nutrition and they're usually broken down. That's all lost in a whole generation that, you know, a lot of us don't know about. Because we've bought into a fast food mentality. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made that way compared to, you know, buying your food at the store. Even with the expense of um, food right now, it's still cheaper to uh, go and buy your own food and cook it. You get a lot more each time you're spending that money as compared to spending that same amount of money on one meal. So ideally, though, we would be taking more time, making that time. Maybe we did that a little more so. Do you think during that time of COVID when we were kind of more in lockdown, people were cooking more at home? I, I think it just depends on that person. There was a lot of people that were, you know, figuring out how to use the deliver to your door you know, mm. type thing and that. But And a lot of people put on a bunch of weight and, you know, sort of got into some lazy habits. And then others, you know, really stepped up and, you know, took that time and taught their kids to, you know, get involved in the kitchen and, you know, started making more recipes. So I think it just depended on each person. And I really was encouraging my patients and You know, our family, we just did so much cooking that my eating out habits now are so much less because I cook so often now it's just second nature. And, you know, everyone thinks it takes a long time to cook in the kitchen, and it really does not. I mean, you also have leftovers when you're doing that, so the next day you've got, you know, a whole set of food right there that you already made for yourself. But, you know, I'm the queen of the 20-minute meal And I can put the protein, the vegetables, and the salad on the table within about that amount of time and, you know, for a heck of a lot cheaper and certainly healthier than, you know, eating out all the time. Yes, exactly. Let me just kind of backtrack to your comment about hot peppers. I think you said something about limit those? Yeah, a lot of people I've seen, you know, can't eat food without putting the hot uh, sauce on and the hot peppers and you know, if it burns your tongue and your gums, it burns your insides as well. Mm. Now, a little bit of burn, a little bit of heat is totally fine. But, you know, when you find yourself being that person that can't eat anything without that, generally the fact is you're irritating your intestine. And in the small intestine is where we absorb all of our nutrition. So if we start irritating the inside of that intestine, you're not going to know it. You're just going to be less uh, able to absorb nutrition you're going to have a little less energy. You're going to need a bit more stimulants in the day, such as, you know, maybe an extra cup of coffee or another pop or some sugars or a cigarette or alcohol because those are all stimulants to the system. And when your digestion isn't working properly and it's irritating, which many of of my patients are, I'm always warning them about, you know, not overindulging in one thing too much because of the fact that there's some repercussions to things like the hot peppers. So is that something that can be corrected if we have inflamed our intestine to that degree? 
are you able to do something, change our eating habits perhaps, or are there other enzymes, something we do to correct it? I mean, everything we're talking about is the correction. Ah. The one thing we haven't talked about very much is, you know, coffee, tea, soda pops, and carbonation. They really do inhibit how you absorb nutrition. And so, you know, it's probably one of the toughest things for my patients to hear that I have to say. And I really wish it wasn't true because I would love to drink a coffee every day and have another one in the afternoon. But the fact is, I do know what it does, and it inhibits how you get nutrition in. So when I have a patient in front of me that says, listen, I'm not doing well, how do I improve? All the things that we've just talked about are part of that, including eliminating, you know, coffee, teas, and pops. Now, get the digestion working better. You know, take the enzymes with every meal, not just one a day. I mean, they're there to actually break down the food. And, you know, sometimes you might need two or three of them with a meal because, you know, you have a bigger appetite or it's a little more complicated meal, such as a steak. And so when you do those things we really do have bodies that want to improve. And they can improve so quickly. And the thing that I've seen with people's sort of mindset is once they find themselves sick or not doing well and they go on some medication, they feel as if they have to stay on that medication because there's some weakness in their body for the rest of their life that will never be improved. Well, that's what we've been sold. And the fact is, we all can improve, or most of us can improve within a week's time if you... Uh, you know, start employing some of the things that I'm talking about. Almost everyone I meet is dehydrated, you know. No one's drinking enough water in general. They're drinking other things and calling it liquid, but it's not water. So, you know, that's basically the key to this. It's cheap to do it, and it's easy, and it'll save you a heck of a lot of grief and time in the future if you get your digestion working properly. So the liquid key is drink sufficient water each day. Absolutely. And knock out the nonsense and uh, use it as a treat in the future. You know, I love coffee, but I drink two a week now and it's really a treat. And so I look forward to it and, you know, where I'm going to have it or if I'm going to make it at home and, you know, who am I going to have a coffee with? I just know that doing it every single day really, I've seen it harm my patients and I see it does the same for myself. So everything's in moderation. Everything should be, you know, enjoyed and you know, ingested because we have so many choices. I don't want to ever tell somebody to live scary, such a regimented life as far as food goes, but we have gotten a little out of control and the media has certainly let us think that it's totally all right to eat anything you want at any time and uh, drink anything you want at any time and there'll be no repercussions. When it comes to tea, what about herbal teas? Are you saying... Herbal teas are... No, they're totally acceptable, especially if they're truly from herbs, not from green, black, or white tea. So chamomile and peppermint and pomegranate and hibiscus teas are all fine. And there's countries that live off of different teas, and they're not all caffeinated. So if you ever, you know, were interested in switching out your coffee, you could go to a tea shop and find just a tremendous amount of flavors and things that are really interesting and it does take a little getting used to from the point of, yes, we're coffee drinkers in America and we have this habit that that's what's normal. But, you know, I switched over to teas in my house and I'll make a sun tea or an iced tea out of it and it'll sit out in the front porch and, you know, people come over and I'll pour them a glass and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. What's in it? You know, it's three different types of tea bags from different herbal teas. So it's like being a little scientist <laughs> on the tea level and, you know, figuring out what tastes the best. 
<laughs> right. And that sounds delightful. That, that has even this fun element to it as well. Now, the carbonated beverages, I think we probably do at some level understand it, that part of the, com- I don't know if it's the carbonation or is it because they're, they're usually filled with so much sugar? Well, it's both. And even the carbonated waters that people substitute for water and think are fine, what happens is your digestive system should be acidic. And when it's acidic, you actually can break down your foods. It's like putting a piece of steak in a glass of vinegar. In the morning, that glass of vinegar looks cloudy and yucky, and the steak looks like, you know, little piranhas have been at it. That's what you want your digestive system to look like. But when we drink carbonation, coffee, teas, and pops, it's like putting a piece of steak in soapy water. You wake up the next morning, and that steak looks like it's sitting in soapy water. Nothing has changed. So at that very basic level of being able to break down our foods, When we drink those other things, it changes our systems into an alkaline digestion system, and we want an acidic digestive system. And that is how we get ourselves um, able to break down those foods and get the nutrition into our bloodstream, which carries those nutrients to every portion of the body, and it starts there at the digestion. So this I am taking so personally because I am a coffee drinker, a daily coffee drinker. Uh, yes, no. uh, <laughs> so the thing is, I could make my system healthier by even limiting the coffee to just twice a week. I could still keep it at an acidic level? Yeah, you can. And, you know, it's sort of like eating chocolate cake. You're not going to eat chocolate cake every day. And to me, drinking coffee or teas are... Like, you know, having a dessert. So, all right, twice a week, if you want to push it to three times a week, it's totally fine. It's just, it's the daily thing that the body just goes, oh man, sorry. Mm. And, you know, you can't figure out why you can't lose weight and why you're tired and have any digestive complaints. You know, when you have a great digestive system, when you never think about it. And that is the truth. But those who have any attention on it and have to think about it at all, any level of the digestive system, it means something's not working properly because when it's working great, you don't remember it's there. Wow. That is such amazing, important health information for us. Let's take a little time to address that one of the big culprits in our lives, it's sugar and what it does to us. <laughs> well, sugar itself, there's no food value in it. And, you know, as far as like the obvious white cane sugars, most of our food has it in it. And, you know, it's one of the reasons that you can't make food taste quite as good at home than you when you have it at the restaurant or the Chinese restaurant or whatever it may be. And it's because they're using different sugars to make things taste um, better. So we happen to have an over-sugar palate in this country. And to get off the sugar is usually, you know, a bit challenging for those. And so, you know, sugar itself will spike up your blood and you'll feel great. So, you know, you see little kids running around and happy and everyone's in a good mood after they've had sugar. But when it spikes up, it goes further south within about half an hour to 40 minutes. And this is where, you know, you're starting to maybe get a little irritable or you're a little sleepy or, you know, it really does do havoc on what's happening with your adrenal glands and how you stable this. So, When it's been out of control for too long, you can be hypoglycemic, which is, you know, you have to eat every couple of hours, otherwise you feel lousy, and you work yourself into being a diabetic because of what's going on with the sugar itself. This company that makes the Absorbate also has a product 
that handles the imbalance that happens when people are craving sugar so much in the body, and it usually has to do with an overgrowth of yeast. This is a whole other conversation, but when yeasts are overgrown in the body, they are screaming for sugar, and a lot of times it's not just you that doesn't have the willpower. It's these little yeasties that are going crazy and saying, hey, feed me, feed me. And there's a cool herb from New Zealand that actually helps to kill off the excessive yeast colonies and put this back in order so people can get off sugars a lot easier. That product's called Colorex. It's on the website of this company, and it's called naturesources.com is the website. You can read about the Absorbate. You can read about the Colorex. And it does educate you on what these digestive enzymes are and, you know, what this other thing for the killing off these yeast colonies can do for you because I think a lot of people have this problem, but it's not very easily measured. They just think they have no willpower anymore. And I think that's that kind of myth or mistruth is perpetuated and we're made to think that we, you know, it's something that's just in us now. We've descended to this. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both, you know. To really get off sugar, you talk to anyone or if you've tried it yourself, you know, it does take three, four, five, six days and, you know, you are feeling a little less than great and a little less energetic. And you do need to make sure you're eating, you know, three protein meals a day and maybe snack in between of, you know, healthy foods. And you can get through it and you do find that you truly have more energy and you feel better and your skin is nicer and you sleep better. And, you know, your kids are much more manageable. But without that, you've got these little demons that are chemically up and down because of their diet. And you're wondering why they can't concentrate in school or not getting along with others or they're surely with you and have no patience. And, you know, a lot of it is what's going on with the diet as far as the sugar or they're eating foods they can't digest so they're lacking the nutrition. Oh, there's so much here. And it also seems like there's a real simple path to follow, which I think as we began our conversation looking at a barbecue meal and how to strategize that led us into this whole wonderful education about enzymes and our intestines and digestion, which is also critically important. We need, I think, a whole class, a year of education at school. You know, kids should, it should be part of their health classes or science classes, right? I 100% agree. And those children who do understand are those who actually are sometimes better than the parents at making choices for their health. And, you know, they're just little sponges. They take this information and they're listening to it. And they know you've got just simply the interest in making them understand this. And, I mean, I'm so saddened that there are so many basic things in our school system that aren't taught because, you know, we'd be a heck of a lot healthier culture and probably a lot more financial stable if uh, we learned how to balance checkbooks and understood what credit cards were for and, you know, also knew the importance of eating balanced meals and taking enzymes and sugar, these things are just swept under the carpet. And uh, now you have a whole group of people who, you know, maybe this is the first time they've heard some of these things. Yes. Well, I'm glad that we are discussing it then. So at least we're then planting seeds and maybe it'll inspire someone to say, Here's an education class we're going to add into our curriculum, you know, for a quarter maybe or something like that. Or a family just decides it's going to be our curriculum as we start it on a healthier path. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm, I'm with you all the way. Well, this has been really a most wonderful, enlightening conversation and also, I think, life-saving 
when we decide that we incorporate it into our well-being. Let's mention the website once again, Dr. Julie, so that people know where they can get more information about good enzymes. Sure. The um, website is naturesources.com. And take the time and read what's going on. I do always say, you know, it's wonderful to listen to great information and feel smarter, but it doesn't help you unless you do something about it. So, you know, you do have to pull the trigger and decide to make some changes as far as what we're talking about today if you're wanting your health to improve. Um, You can also call the 1-800 number, and if you use the code RADIO, they'll give you some free samples of the Absorbade, or they'll give you 20% off the Absorbade or the Colorex, and that 1-800 number is 1-800-827-7656. Perfect. What a wonderful gift to get us going on a healthier path for our best life. I agree. They're a wonderful company. I back them all the way and lovely people as well. They're doing it the right way. Terrific. Well, again, great thanks to you, Dr. Julie, for all this information and taking time to share it with us this morning. Uh, You're very welcome. It's a pleasure talking with you as well. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Julie Gatza and Sunday Morning Magazine with Ed Hagem. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I do greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of learning something new to create a better and healthier life. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.